Welcome to The Honest Report, a weekly podcast analyzing media coverage of the Arab-Israeli conflict, anti-Semitism, and radical Islamic terrorism. They attacked by air, land, and sea, taking Israel by surprise during a major Jewish holiday. Now, 13 and a half hours after Hamas launched its audacious assault, Israel says it's at war. Israel is at war. We didn't want this war. It was forced upon us in the most brutal and savage way. But though Israel didn't start this war, Israel will finish it. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says when it comes to destroying Hamas, quote, nobody will stop us. Here's your host, Rob Walker. Since October 7th, posters showing the faces and names of the Israeli hostages kidnapped by Hamas have become ubiquitous around the world, reminding the public about the true nature of the terrorist group and showing the reality of Israel's suffering. Grotesquely, these same posters have also been widely torn down by anti-Israel activists who oppose the humanization of Israelis. And beyond publicly naming and shaming these vandals, there wasn't much that could be done. One Canadian mayor thought otherwise. In early November, Mayor Jeremy Levy of Hampstead, Quebec, a suburb of Montreal, announced that his town would adopt a bylaw penalizing the removal of these posters with a $1,000 fine. He also added that the monies raised would be donated to Israeli charities. Mayor Levy joins us as a guest this week. Welcome to the Honest Report podcast. Mayor Jeremy Levy, welcome to the Honest Report podcast. Hi, Robert. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. So I want to uh, obviously thank you very much for uh, making the time joining us. You are, of course, the mayor of Hampstead, Quebec, a a lovely town. Um, But you've, over the last uh, couple months, really, uh, since the the war between Israel and Hamas has... uh, has begun uh, in early October, of course, following the massacre. Um, you have really become outspoken uh, in your support, uh, not just for uh, for Israel, but certainly for the uh, the Jewish community. Um, tell us what's prompted this sort of this vocal outpouring of uh, you know activism on your part. Sure. So, I firmly believe, and I've said this to many colleagues and peers uh, of different stripes and types since the beginning that it is not our not only our responsibility but our privilege to speak out against hate and evil acts if we have the platform and the power to do so so i have encouraged others around me to do the same um it wasn't easy from the beginning but uh, there is definitely some some traction and some uh, momentum Um, At the same time, our community, Hampstead, is the largest concentration of Jews per capita of any municipality outside of Israel. So my expressions and my statements and my feelings are not just my own, but all of council and the vast majority of our residents. We're somewhere around 90% Jewish in our town, and the October 7th massacre really hit a nerve, obviously with Jews around the world, but particularly with within our community. So uh, I want to talk about something specific, of course. Uh, earlier in November, uh, there was a proposed uh, bylaw um, where public security uh, in the town would have the ability to ticket anybody caught defacing or removing the hostage posters that have become ubiquitous around the world. 
Um, first, tell us what is the current status of that? Uh, has it become law or what's the process there? Yeah, it's definitely law. Uh, it's It's been law for, uh, like you said, since November. It was adopted unanimously with all of council. Everyone was very supportive. Everyone in the town was very supportive. Um, there, This particular bylaw from the beginning was really the first action of any municipal leader around the world. And, and it received international attention from major news outlets all over the world, including Israel and Europe. There's basically three components to it. One, it becomes an illegal offense to tear down the Israeli hostage poster. Two, for a first-time offender, there would be a $1,000 fine attached to this offense. A repeat offender would be fined $2,000. And why those amounts? Well, that's the those are the largest dollar amounts that we're allowed to charge by provincial law. If we were allowed to charge $20,000, we would charge $20,000. And third, the, the last element, which is not part of the bylaw, but which is a pledge from council, is that any money collected from these fines would be contributed to Israel through some sort of uh, organization, or cause, or so forth. And have you had to uh, levy any fines uh, since then, or have there been any incidents that you know of? I'm happy to say that we have not levied any fine, and it's my sincere hope that we don't have to, because that would mean that our bylaw is working. Um, but uh, I, I believe that it sends a very strong message for anybody who wants to commit these uh, hateful vandal acts that they think twice before doing so. Now, you mentioned that you've been speaking with colleagues. Um, tell us about that. These are colleagues in other municipalities uh, across Quebec. Uh, you know, presumably, t- tell us about some of those conversations to the degree that you can. Sure. So um, colleagues at, at different levels of government. So there are other mayors in Montreal that we're in constant uh, communication with. There are um, provincial MNAs, uh, Quebec MNAs, uh, and um, federal MPs. Uh, we have actually um, joined forces with uh, several individuals. So Anthony House father, MP for Mount Royal, Elizabeth Prass, MNA for Darcy McGee. Michelle Sit Lacway, uh, MA for Montreal Outremont, Mitch Brownstein, mayor of Cote St. Luke, Peter Maloup, mayor of TMR, and two city councillors in Cote Neige, Notre Dame de Crasse, uh, Sunny Moroz, and Stephanie Valenzuela. And we have joined forces to uh, confront and combat anti Semitism. And we actually, uh, just a few weeks ago, released a comprehensive action plan on combating anti-Jewish hate in Canada with a focus on Quebec. We have sent this to many um, elected officials at different levels, different ministries, different ministers. And it's a a five-point action plan that focuses on universities, federal level, government of Canada, the provincial level, government of Quebec, and other provincial governments local governments and police services and police forces across Canada. And really, we started with universities because that is right now the front lines of anti-Semitism. 
I can't underscore and stress enough how difficult it is for students on campuses in Montreal to go to school on a daily basis. Uh, we were we just had a, a winter break, so things cooled down a little bit, but now it's returning uh, back to school for the winter semester. And Jewish students are very, very concerned and feel very uncomfortable. Unfortunately, universities have not stepped up to make them feel safe. And we are going to be doing everything that we can. We're going to use every influence, um, every uh, pressure tactic we can uh, through private means, through public means to really confront hate because at the end of the day, people really need to recognize that hate starts with Jews, but it doesn't end with Jews. And we've seen that over the past few weeks with disruptive demonstrations taking place all across the country with um, these pro-Hamas demonstrations trying to cancel Christmas celebrations, trying to interrupt um, shoppers in malls who have absolutely nothing to do with this, but just to make their life miserable. And we really need to send a very strong message across party lines, across different levels of government, across whatever side of, of the war that you're on, that we will not allow any anti-Semitism, any type of hate to creep into Canada. We have had disastrous incidents of hate crimes in the fall in Montreal, particularly with shootings at schools, firebombings at synagogues, firebombings at institutions. Unfortunately, we haven't had any arrests to those incidents. So it's really time that everybody um, shifts into overdrive and cranks down on this. To what degree do you believe your colleagues in Quebec uh, at both non-Jewish colleagues uh, in uh, on both the municipal and provincial levels um, understand and, and indeed police uh, understand the uh, gravity of the situation? I don't believe that they understand it. I don't believe that they have a grasp on this. I, I, what we have seen from my colleagues in elected positions who are not Jewish are really the ones that are speaking out are the ones that have Jewish constituents. Um, and it's, it's a predictable pattern. It's not hard to, to follow that. Um, there are, th we are in an unprecedented situation right now. We've never had this this level, this type, this increase of hate crimes in Montreal, and nobody is equipped to deal with this. And nobody really wants to talk about it. The only people that you hear talking about it are Jewish elected officials or elected officials that have a significant Jewish constituency base. So I'm, I'm not confident in um, the mayor of Montreal to, to deal with this. She has appointed a commissioner to fight uh, hate and racism, Bakr Manai, and she has completely lost the confidence of the Jewish community. And Valerie Plant still refuses to, uh, to terminate her position or replace her, uh, despite the endless calls from major Jewish organizations across the province and private interest groups across the province that, you know, she is not in the best interest of the Jewish community, and therefore, she is not a true commissioner to fight hate because it's not just about taking one side 
to fight hate. You need to fight hate on every encounter, everywhere it creeps. And so to to really uh, answer your question, I, I, I don't have confidence in the elected officials at the greater Montreal level, at the, uh, at the federal level, that they have a handle or an understanding on this situation. Uh, what about the, uh, the provincial level in, uh, in Quebec City? So they are definitely uh, better aware and better understanding of the situation. Um, our community particularly has been a staunch critic of uh, Premier Francois Legault for, uh, you know, basically for, for Anglo rights and Bill 96 and, and, and so forth. But mm-hmm. I must say there were um, elements since uh, October 7th that he deserves a lot of credit for. He spoke up um, when when uh, we needed him. He vocally uh, called out Canada against calling for the ceasefire at UN so, you know, to be honest, that made me a really proud Quebecer that day when I, when I heard that. And I haven't said that I'm a proud Quebecer in a very long time. Um, but at the same time, we would like to see more. Um, every other province, I believe, in Canada has the ability to hire off-duty police officers to better secure their institutions. And in Quebec, that's not a lo- allowed. And I think it's it's a very bizarre situation to be in when you could hire armed guards to transfer and protect cash, even a small amount of cash, but you can't hire those same guards to protect a human life. And I think there needs to be a, dis- a broader discussion on navigating through that. Why is Quebec in a different situation than the rest of Canada when it comes to that? And I know there was a recent push. Um, the uh, the provincial government uh, pushed back on it, but I, I read that there was, uh, over the last few days, a recent push by a number of officials uh, to encourage the Quebec government to uh, to ship planes. Um, you, you know, obviously that's not what you're looking for, but uh, do you expect that at some point they will they will come to grips with reality, or is this uh, something that uh, they're sort of stubbornly not not going to change their minds on? Well, I think the response that we got from the Quebec government is is very typical of the CAC government that we've had um, for the past number of years. Uh, basically, when an idea is put forth, rather than discussing, analyzing, hearing both sides to this, and really getting down to to the details and 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 see if it works, great. If it doesn't work, fine. Let's move on. Um, rather than go that approach and have a dialogue which seems to be what most people want because there has been a lot of media coverage and a lot of uh, um, major Jewish organizations and um, individuals are, are very much in favor of this. So rather than go that route of have a dialogue, it's okay, you know what, we know what's best for everybody. We're not even going to talk about it. Uh, the answer is no, let's move on. And I, I don't think that is a fair and balanced approach to any matter, specifically a matter that is in a dire, straight situation. Um, I cannot stress enough how vulnerable and anxious <clears throat> the Jewish community in Montreal feel. And since October 7th, um, the Jewish community really has felt alone and isolated. Um, we have felt that 
Um, we have always been at the forefront for other individuals' causes and and prejudices. Um, but now we now we really see who our true friends are, and and that has been a, a big slap in the face and and a great disappointment. So similar to what I asked earlier about uh, the level of understanding uh, that elected officials have, to what degree do you think? Certainly, let's say just in the Montreal area, you know, you talked about, and this is not unique to Montreal or even Canada, the the level of uh, you know Proclamas, uh, you know, invading shopping malls and. Uh, overpasses and harassing and, and, and you see these videos all over the place. But to what degree do you think that the general public in Montreal recognizes the extent and the threat of these, uh, uh, you know, provocateurs? It, it, it's hard to say. I, I think people are, are walking on eggshells because they don't know. And I think that they don't know because there is a certain narrative and presentation that gets put out there. Um, I, I don't think that the media is is very well balanced. Uh, or I, mean, I should say that the the, uh, the mainstream media is very well balanced on this. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. There there was a, um, a CBC News live interview I was watching one evening with my wife. And this was... Um, maybe about a week after the very two uh, first hostages were released through some kind of back-channel deal, uh, if you recall. Yes. And, um, but clearly, you know, there were still 230-plus hostages there. And in this interview, this was primetime CBC News National streamed across the country. It was a live interview of a Palestinian-Canadian woman, woman, and, you know, she's giving her her position, that's fine. But there was a particular moment in that segment where the individual said, I don't understand why there is still a war, why Israel is still in Gaza. The hostages have been released. What are they still doing here? And there was no pushback by the the um, the news anchor or, uh, or the, the, the journalist. There was no follow up on that there was no bringing in someone on the other side to counter that what that individual said was not only false but completely damaging to not only the entire scope of the operation that's taking place in Israel but at the same time just adds to the incitement of anti-Israel rhetoric taking place in Canada which has now become a politically correct way to express hatred towards Jews. So that is the type of misinformation or lack of complete information that I believe is being put out there to make people very confused. And that doesn't help the situation. I think they're very frustrated by all these demonstrations. People are afraid to come out of their homes when they live in areas near those demonstrations. People don't want to go to restaurants and businesses. So the economic viability of the of the city is is being hurt, um, and and I think that uh, overall the general population, you know, wants to see peace. Everybody wants to see peace. Everybody wants to see calmness. Um, but at at the same time, we as a as a as a community as a Jewish community need to stand up 
for what we believe is to be right. There are rights and freedoms that are in this country, as in any democratic country, but people need to understand that those rights and freedoms are not absolute. You cannot uh, go out in the streets and call death to all Zionists, death to all Jews, and just get a, a, a free pass on that. It's, it's completely unacceptable. And there's no commentary on that. There's no um, outrage over that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think a lot more needs to be done to educate the public on, on what's going on. Now, just to end with this, uh, you talked in the beginning, uh, of, of course, we discussed about this bylaw uh, in Hampstead about pulling signs down and how it was uh, aimed to be a deterrent, uh, you know, to, to vandals. But tell us about the, the feedback from your constituents, uh, predominantly Jewish, but not exclusively, in terms of the impact on them. Um, it's not just, of course, as a deterrent to, uh, to those who want to rip these signs down, but it's presumably a message of uh, solidarity with your constituents. Tell us about the feedback that you've gotten from them. So the feedback that I, I've been getting from our residents is uh, it's very humbling. They have never felt so proud to be in a community that we're in right now. Um, we, we are very vocal. We're unwavering in our support. I have to say, um, October 18th, I believe, 17th, 18th, around there, we had our first council meeting since uh, the October 7th massacre. And we were fortunate enough to have the Israeli Consul General of Montreal, Mr. Paul Hershon, attend. And uh, it was very well received. This was the first time that, that Hampstead as a town hosted uh, an Israeli dip, uh, an official Israeli diplomat during an official meeting. And we passed two very important resolutions at that meeting. One, we um, called on the federal government of Canada to do everything in their power to immediately and unconditionally demand the immediate release of all hostages. Uh, that that resolution ultimately was was uh, was carried on by uh, Anthony Housefather, MP for our riding. Um, he passed the motion in in Parliament, and, and that was uh, uh, passed unanimously. The second motion uh, that we, the second resolution that we adopted at that council meeting, was to follow the Americans' move of um, transferring the the um, embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and we, and we called on the government of Canada to do that, to show solidarity with Israel. Uh, we have also, since this started, hoisted the Israeli flag outside town hall continuously. It's, it's at half-mast. Every council meeting, we now have the Israeli flag next to our Hampstead flag, the Quebec flag, and the Canadian flag. We are committed and um, totally uh, steadfast in our support for Israel. It is completely unwavering. Um, we have had instances of condemnation for this. Uh, we've had instances of condemnation from, uh, from agglomeration council meetings, uh, but it's completely irrelevant to me. It's, it's just noise. We are totally focused on standing up for good over evil. We will stand with Israel today, tomorrow, and forever. And our community is totally 
rallied behind the support, they have never been prouder to be Hampstead, be part of Hampstead. Well, that's uh, wonderful to hear. Uh, Mayor Jeremy Levy of Hampstead, Quebec, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks very much, Robert. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our mailing list, our podcast channel, and follow us on social media for the most up-to-date news. If you like what you've heard, please consider a donation to support our continued efforts at www.honestreporting.ca slash donate. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.